Do take a seat. Let's stay in that attitude of communion with God. The last couple of weeks, we've been looking at the word repentance. A beautiful word that means that we turn back to the God who loves us. The one who has forgiven all our sins. By his death on the cross, he has paid the price. And he wants us to know, not in our heads, but in our hearts, that we are forgiven. We are his forgiven people. That's who Christians are. Our identity is in Christ. And as we turn to him, which is repentance, turning away from the muck and mire of our days, the good things of our days, but turning to him, he says, I forgive you which is him saying, I draw near to you. I cover you with my wings. Peter, that one who had denied Jesus, who'd been with him, who'd learned from him, who'd seen that marvelous transfiguration. You know, we sing about seeing God face to face. He saw the Lord transfigured before him. What a picture. And yet, he was the disciple that denied his Lord three times. But it was his Lord, his risen Lord, who called to him and said, come back to me. Peter, feed my sheep. Peter, love my sheep. Peter, feed my sheep. And Peter accepted that invitation. He accepted the invitation to come back to his Lord, to come back to God. So much so that he was able to preach to a crowd of thousands saying, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out and that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. And I think today the Lord wants to say to you, come back to me, come back to me and be refreshed. And one of the ways that we can do that, one of the powerful, radical and formative ways we can do that is in a practice of solitude which may seem funny in a company, in a congregation together. But there is none better to be with right now than the Lord, together with others. Of course, solitude is self-explanatory. You and the Lord, the Lord and you. It's distinctively Christian, but it's not exclusively Christian. But it's distinctively Christian, Because Jesus practiced solitude. And I think we've had an enemy for too long wanting to wipe that out. 
isn't it, since 2007, we've all had a device of mass distraction in our hands. And I don't know about you, but even when I go on retreat, it seems the, you know, the hardest thing to prize that out of my hands. But Jesus practiced solitude. He launched his ministry with 40 days in the wilderness before every major moment in his ministry. He went away to a quiet place and prayed and spent time with his father, his loving heavenly father. In that breathless chapter 6 of Mark, where he sends the disciples out on their first mission when he's alone. And isn't it always when we're alone that we so often we receive bad news? He received the devastating news that his cousin, John the Baptist, had been beheaded. But the disciples come back and they're, they're buzzing from their first mission trip. Their EQ is right down there. They don't notice that their Lord, their Master, is weeping. And before he goes off with the disciples to perform that great miracle of feeding the multitude, he says to them, come away with me to a quiet place and get some rest. See, our human souls like wild animals. They, they're not easily tamed. And you know if you, I don't know if you, perhaps if you're doing bird spotting or if you're going out, I don't know, jungle looking, I've never done any of these things, but you know, you have to do it quietly. I mean, I'm a great disturber of birds in my garden. You have to quieten yourself and wait. And the human soul is a bit like that. We have to quiet ourselves down and wait. And the Lord is the one who speaks in that still, small voice, in that waiting. You know, if it's noisy all the time, and our heads are noisy, they're the noisiest places of all. Apart from me, there's a lot of noise going on in our heads. We struggle to hear his voice our master's voice. But one of the deep roots of prayer is resting. Prayer at its simplest is asking. But prayer at its most profound, at its deepest, is communion. The writer Henry Nouwen said, it is in that quiet place, that solitude, that's the furnace of transformation. The place of the greatest struggle, I am sure, and I'm sure because I know it's the place of greatest struggle, but it's also the place of greatest encounter. And solitude isn't a spa day to just get away. How unsatisfactory those spa days always seem to be. I haven't done many of them, but I come away just as unfulfilled. My nails might be painted, but unfulfilled. Solitude is being still to hear God. But how do we do it? How do we do it now in the company of one another? 
Well, we need to take advantage of, in our day, those small moments, those little solitudes that fill our day. When we wake up, don't get up till you've said, good morning, Lord. I'm here. I'm awake. What are you saying to me today before I start the day? I'd like us to spend a few minutes in silence together. For some of us, we're going to feel deeply distracted or uncomfortable. You see, the thing is, since the Garden of Eden, we've been a slightly uncomfortable and running from the one who says, where are you? I'm here. But I want to suggest to you that you go with the Lord into those difficult places. Because he, in doing that, that is effectively a place of repentance. Saying, the world says to be ashamed, and I don't want to go there. This is awkward. My soul is restless. But the Lord says, no, come away with me. And I will show you. I will show you who you truly are and who I truly am. And then I will show you great and marvelous things that you do not know. And let's wait. Let's wait in the stillness.